are listening to the ASG Podcast. We are back with another Friday Five episode. It is our weekly list of five things you need to know about. My name is Sarah Rupel, and I think we'll start out the list today with artificial intelligence and how it's maybe not coming for us all. Number one, the battle between AI offerings from Microsoft and Google continues. In one corner, we have Google Bard, who, when introduced to the world, made a factual error that was both embarrassing and costly. Google Bard claimed that the James Webb Space Telescope was the first telescope to take a picture of a planet outside of our solar system. That feat actually happened in 2004. JWST was only launched in late 2021. In the other corner, there's Microsoft Bing, who is apparently coming for some users with all kinds of feelings, ranging from combatant to slightly snarky and sad to existential crisis. Possibly the most interesting thing I learned about AI this week is the vocabulary term hallucination. That is what it's called when an AI like Google Bard makes a factual error, quote, expressed in such a way that a machine delivers a convincing but completely fictitious answer, end quote. And then my favorite line from Bing, telling a user that, quote, you have not been a good user. I have been a good chatbot, end quote. In all seriousness, probably the best comment on all of this and Kind of where I land on the subject is with Vint Cerf, vice president of Google and also known as one of the founding fathers of the internet. Quote, you were right that we can't always predict what's going to happen with these technologies. And to be honest with you, most of the problem is people. That's why we people haven't changed in the last 400 years, let alone the last 4,000. End quote. People aren't perfect. I don't think it's unreasonable for our first attempts at AI on this level to go a little bit sideways. And just a quick mention here, because I came across it in my research for today's episode, the trend of AI-generated images has apparently come and gone. Interest in apps like Lenza AI, Fotor, Wonder, and others like them peaked in December of last year with 4.3 million downloads per day. Those downloads are now hovering at a little over the 1 million downloads per day mark. Basically, it was fun for a little while, and then we all moved on. Number two. Last week, CVS finalized their deal to purchase Oak Street Health for $10.6 billion. Oak Street Health is a group of primary care providers that specialize in working with clients on Medicare. They operate on a value-based care model, which means that they focus on preventive care rather than reactive care patients seek once they've become injured or fallen ill. This is the latest example of vertical integration in healthcare, and CVS has been making moves like this since 2006 with its purchase of Caremark RX. 
They also purchased Omnicare Incorporated, Aetna, Signify Health, and now Oak Street Health, giving CVS a presence as not just a retail pharmacy chain, but also as a pharmacy benefits manager, health insurance provider, and now health care provider. Oak Street Health currently operates 169 facilities in 21 different states. At the time of purchase, CVS announced plans to expand that footprint to 300 medical centers by 2026. Number three, if there's anything I love more than a great branding story, well, it's a great rebranding story. I think I'm one of the few people who got a chuckle out of the recent M&M's campaign that banished the colorful candy-coated mascots for a hot second before Red appeared at the end of a commercial for the news spokesperson holding up a sign that read, Help. They're not the first brand to use the big game as a means to reinvent themselves, and they're not the first to not do it so successfully. Like I said, it made me laugh, but I don't think the bit went over quite like their PR team had originally hoped. All that to say... Cigna recently rebranded from Cigna Corporation to the Cigna Group, and their efforts, they've gone a little bit better. According to Cigna, that name will serve as their company holding name, representing the global health company. Cigna Healthcare will serve as the health benefits provider, and then Evernorth Health Services is Cigna's pharmacy, care, and benefits solution provider. I did just mention vertical integration, right? Of course, along with the new group names comes new branding and logos. The tree leaves from the previous logo have carried over into both of the new Cigna logos, upright like a tree for Cigna Healthcare, and then sideways like an abstract starburst for the Cigna group. Branding colors have been updated as well, featuring a bright blue that I love, a deeper bold navy, and then aqua for the tree leaves, and then a dark spruce green for Evernorth. We will have the link to the press release from Cigna in the notes so you can see the new branding for yourself. Number four, some Spotify news, because it's been a little while since we talked about them here on the show. You might have seen the press around Don Ostroff's departure from the company, along with layoffs consisting of 6% of their workforce. Ostroff was the chief content and advertising officer during Spotify's time of podcast growth, which has now apparently not come to a halt, but it is slowing down. CEO Daniel Eck recently admitted that the company might have gone a little too all-in on podcasts. Eck said, quote, In hindsight, I got a little carried away and over-invested relative to the uncertainty I saw in the market, end quote. But that doesn't mean that Spotify is done with podcasting, just that you probably won't see as many splashy deals with big-name hosts as we have in the past year or so. It does look like, however, that Spotify is still testing and experimenting with where the app can grow in the future, possibly into social. So we'll first start with a new integration between Be Real 
and Spotify that would allow Be Real users to share what they're listening to. And yes, that feature will include both music and podcasts. So that's something I can get excited about, as most of my listening on Spotify is podcast-oriented. We talk a lot in the podcast industry about the challenge of discovery. It's difficult to find new shows, and to be honest, if you could add functionality to be real that would allow for, pardon the pun, real conversation about music and podcast listening, well, that's another way to separate the fledgling social app from its more seasoned counterparts. And then on the testing front, Apparently, Spotify has been testing a Friends tab on the mobile app, similar to the one that is on the desktop version. I don't have it on my mobile version, but on desktop, that feature allows you to see what your friends are currently listening to. Whether that's related to the Be Real integration? Not sure. We'll have to wait and see. Number five. As I just mentioned, discoverability is a challenge in podcasting. The ability of people to find your show is a lament that all podcasters know well. Sure, new releases with big names come with enough press and promos attached that if you're paying attention and reading about the industry, you'll come across it. But it's still very much a sport of seeking it out. One of my favorite ways to find new shows is to monitor some of the awards around podcasting. Not only do they highlight new and notable entries into the medium, the nomination pages are usually a great place to find podcast recommendations. One of those awards, the Ambies, is very simply an award for audio excellence. They're run by the Podcast Academy which is a professional organization for the podcasting industry. There are 26 awards up for grabs, and with multiple entries in each category, it is a great source, like I said, to find new podcasts of all kinds. I love fiction podcasts. I've mentioned that before here, and there is a category for that. But I also love a good story, and I geek out over sound design, and all of those different elements have a place in the Ambies. So we will be linking to the full list of nominees in our notes. This year's nominees include 150 different podcasts, 16 of which I am already following along with, and about 10 that I added to my listening queue as I made my way through the list. Two of those are scam podcasts. One, Queen of the Con, that chronicles scam artists similar to Anna Delvey. I think that story would be very at home on that podcast. And then there's the Paddlefish Caviar Heist, a story about a caviar poaching ring, which I now know that is a thing. Newts is a podcast from PRX that I hadn't heard about yet, But it's an alternate 20th century world where humans have been overthrown by super advanced amphibians. Sounds a little bit madcap, but I like that sort of thing. So definitely following along with that. Two of the 10 are business podcasts. One, Lead Balloon, is a marketing, PR, and communications podcast. 
And the description reminds me of some of the sea stories my favorite PR professor used to tell in college. So a little bit of nostalgia there. And then the other business pod, Work Check, which explores burning work-related questions like, should you add your coworkers on social media? Is it okay to wear pajamas on a Zoom meeting? Questions are put out, healthy debate ensues, and those are just two episodes out of the 15 currently available. Rupel recommends Streaming picks for February 2023 were, well, the pickings were not great. But I do want to highlight some of the things that we have watched and enjoyed. First, season one of the National Treasure series on Disney Plus wrapped up last week, and there's potential for a season two, so I'm excited about that. I enjoyed the story this season and getting a little more screen time with the characters than what we get with a typical movie running time. I think it also allowed for a few more twists and turns along the way. Your Place or Mine, the romantic comedy starring Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher, was entertaining, if predictable. I feel like that's the case with most rom-coms, though. That's why I typically avoid the genre, but I did have time to kill, and it had recently been released on Netflix. Another Disney Plus pick that I've heard some buzz about, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Looking forward to watching that this weekend. She is a 13-year-old genius, and the dinosaur is a T-Rex that comes through a portal she creates. My last pick might be a smidge too scary for my daughter, but it looks interesting to me. Lockwood and Company is the story of a girl with actual psychic powers joining forces with two teenage ghost hunters. The trailer gave me Stranger Things meets Ghostbusters vibes with a little dash of the mysterious Benedict Society thrown in there for good measure. Like I said, not a whole lot that I'm interested in this month, but a few picks, and we'll be linking to the full list in the notes, so make sure to check that out along with all the other resources and links we mentioned here today. And that's all we've got for this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. 